0: Fire.
1: episode thing of the Skeptic Wire for... No, wait, we're recording this on the 5th of June, 2013. Lots of 13s. Something like that.
2: One <laughs> would think that we were cursed.
1: Yeah. I'm your host, Gary Lon, and with me this week are Greg Perrine. Ironic, slow clap. <laughs> Gary. And, and ironic mad face for some reason. <laughs> and Donna Swafford jazz finger snap man <laughs> so that's ever... a sexual thing isn't it well not really okay it's digging it man yo yo cat cat daddy hip hip cat i'm hip to the jive daddy o.
2: <laughs> please don't ever do that again gary
1: uh, next uh, i i have to have an instrument uh, Harpo in
0: could be, do a better impersonation of a beat poet than that was
1: what you mean homeless <laughs> no more. Just when she goes, ah! I didn't say I was a beat poet. I was just a, a hippie. Yeah. Doesn't matter.
2: He was an mm-hmm. enthusiastic former fan of beat poems. Yeah, that?
1: dig it.
0: <laughs> no, that's the sugar smacks frog, or no, sorry, that's digum. So yeah, not dig dug either. So we've gone from Which ironic was clapping.
1: Game. Yeah. We've gone from ironic clapping to awkward silence. Yes, indeed. So, how was everybody's week? It was a week. A week that was. Indeed it, yeah. indeed so.
2: <laughs> I went and saw Now You See Me, which I that? highly recommend. Okay. Um, they do explain a lot of it. There's what you think is kind of magical woo, and then they go, no, this is how it's done. What
1: is na- Now You See Me?
2: It is a new movie with Isla Fisher, Mark Ruffalo, um, Jesse Eisenberg.
0: A bunch of people.
2: Bunch and the of- guy who played Woody on Cheers, whose name has just completely escaped. Woody Harrelson? Thank you. Thank Played you. Woody? Hmm. Um, <laughs> Ironic, and they that. basically are four, four grifters that rob um, a series of like banks and insurance agencies and, and everything okay. else. Um, the end is a little disappointing because it gets goes and back spoilers. to the spoilers. Yeah, you know, goes back the, to the the,
0: the reason why it ties into science and skepticism is they use magical techniques.
2: Yeah, to and Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is the debunker, so he spends a lot of his time going, no, this is how it's done.
0: No, it's Morgan Freeman. He plays God.
1: He plays God on every film. Well including driving Miss Daisy, yes. which is a metaphor. <laughs> Apparently.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's worth checking out. It's a good two-hour popcorn movie. You're not going to be disappointed.
1: Oh. Better than Star Trek? I thought it was. Huh. Cool. Less lens flares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot
2: less lens flares. <laughs> I love you, JJ, but stop with the lens flares. see.
1: <laughs> Speak about flaring. Do we have a birthday? <laughs> yes,
0: we we do. I, I
1: yeah, go ahead.
0: <laughs> All right. Do you guys know who was born June fifth, nineteen sixty five? And do I have it on the back of the paper? No. Good. Okay. Uh,
1: wait. June. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're, we're Not my brother. In June fifth today. Okay. Yep. No one in my family. Alright. Yeah,
0: probably not in your family, given the odds. Yeah. That's one hell of a clue, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) uh, He is known for a fairly famous. um, He's known for a fairly famous controversy in the last few years, where he angered a lot of people.
1: Uh, In the skeptical or science-y community.
0: It's involved in the science community, but it's not necessarily skeptics that he pissed off.
1: Okay, so he's one of the good guys. Depends on your point of view. From it, our point of view, he would be one of the good yes. guys. Yeah. Um, he pissed off a lot of children. He told someone that there's no Santa Claus? No, but close. No, said there's no God? No, but still, actually, even closer. Oh, I probably, probably... Re- oh, hold
2: on! Hold on! Did you
1: Google it? Yes.
2: Oh, no, no, I Googled what I'm going for and got it. Well, go for it. Pluto. Yes. Ah! Wait,
1: he was born in 1965?
2: Michael Brown.
1: Michael Brown was born in 1965. Oh, that's right. He said there is no Pluto. Oh so no,
2: no.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no! No 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 no! <laughs> the, the god, I mean, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pluto is a god name, he,
0: which he, is why I said it was close. He, he demoted.
1: He demoted, demoted Pluto. It.
0: He, he definitely advocated for the demotion. Okay. It was the okay. um, international astrophysics thingamaboo union. union thank you. Um, but he's the one who kind of kicked it off, mainly because he decided. Discovered... I had to look up
2: the name, but I had the general idea.
0: You, which name did you have to look up?
2: I had to look up Michael Brown's okay. name. I that's had to still, that's Google. still Googling. I had to Google.
0: On Incredulous, Hoot. you would have lost 120 points. I okay, don't care. just saying.
2: This is not Incredulous.
1: <laughs> I'm. Barely... I should start assigning points. Um, but basically. So wait, he... are, you, are you now advocating another podcast?
2: Yeah, apparently.
1: Why no? <laughs> No, um... It's not just me, folks. Pay attention to the man... Don't pay attention to the man. <laughs> pay attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs>
0: You're getting sleepy. All right. So, speaking of Michael Brown, uh, he's a... Is it,
1: did, did he, uh... Does it his brother write the Da Vinci Code?
0: No. I don't think so. <laughs> Brown is probably a fairly common name. Um, but he is an uncommon person who uh, spends his days and nights... Um, Basically observing the skies, looking for trans-Neptunian objects, and that's not a Neptunian? derogatory term. Yeah, Neptunian. basically th- stuff that's out past Neptune. Okay. So he's be- he's been doing a lot of observations over many many years. Not
1: planets that dress up like tri- like Neptune. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No,
0: Gary. No. No, bad Gary. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You kind of consider Saturn to be like the really over the top Neptune because Neptune has a ring, right? And Saturn 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 has has the big rings. rings
2: Doesn't Jupiter have rings too, technically? Yeah,
0: (laughs) one very small ring.
2: (laughs) I'm not going there.
0: Michael Brown, astronomer and professor of planetary astronomy, Um, he's observed a lot of objects out past Neptune which are the trans-neptunian objects that we were just laughing about so um, <coughs> we were laughing childishly about- yes. <laughs> and uh, one of the things he discovered was the planet well the the what is it called a girl
1: Plutoid um,
0: let's go with that yeah one of the uh, big things that Michael Brown discovered was the dwarf planet Eris which um, originally it and its um, little moon, they called uh, Xena and Gabrielle after the characters from Xena Warrior Princess mm-hmm. but has since been named uh, renamed Eris. And he discovered that this thing Eris, which was out past Pluto, was bigger than Pluto. So it came to the point where they had to say, okay, either Eris is our tenth planet or Pluto doesn't count as a planet anymore which right. eventually led to basically the whole demotion of Pluto into a dwarf planet or king of the Plutoids, whatever you want to call it, but also pissed off a lot of kindergartners at both Michael Brown and Neil deGrasse Tyson, which is why Mike Brown wrote the book, How I Killed Pluto and Why It Had It Coming
1: in 2010. Sure, and uh, deGrasse Tyson wrote The the Pluto Files. Yes, exactly. Both Both of which are interesting rates. Exactly. Interesting reads. It's about science. And they explain why Pluto was demoted. Yes. Because, and we'll go into it. It's really easy. The inner planets tend to be, well, are rocky planets. And the outer planets are gas planets. Because they have too much broccoli. Yeah, and, and they've also cleared their... Orbit of debris, mostly. I mean, we actually do have a couple of moons. According to QI, Stephen Fry, uh, we do have other moons, but they're just so distant from us uh, that we don't see them. Interesting. Yeah, so we don't just have the one big moon. We have a couple of different moons. But regardless, we've pretty much cleared
0: our orbit of debris. We're out by Pluto and Eris. It's really messy and mostly icy objects. That, Especially with Pluto's kind of... Cantilevered orbit, which first of all crosses Neptune, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's the eighth planet or versus the ninth planet. Plus, it's up at an angle, so it's just better. Eight planets plus all the other stuff. Yeah, it's still cool. It's still good science, and it shows how you should be rational about decisions in science, where there's no clear, obvious dividing line of what is a pl- planet, what isn't. It's not a scientific thing. They're just space bodies, so. <laughs> Um. Space Bodies! <laughs> so, bodies in space!
2: <laughs> That's I, the
0: name I used to dance under.
2: I still maintain uh, Pluto's a planet.
1: Uh, if you go to the... Well, Ma- you're wrong! If, if you go to the McDonald Observatory in West Texas, uh, near Fort Davis... Say hello like, to Ronald. You can... Different, different McDonald's. Okay. Uh, you can buy a placemat that is a little science-y astronomical placemat, and they have a picture uh, of Pluto way out in the distance all by itself crying.
2: <laughs> That's kind of cool.
1: It is. It is quite funny. So, yeah, Michael Brown,
0: born today, June 5, 1965, and still alive.
2: Yay! Unfortunately, I'm going to be the bearer of bad news. Oh. Um, I don't know. I was explaining this to Greg before the show. Derek Main, he is a paleo paleontologist up near Dallas, and he helps run the Arlington Arch- Archosaur site, which is basically uh. a giant collaborative of people working together where there's a large number of, of digs going on. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. this morning he passed away. He was a really good friend to the DFW Atheist community, mm-hmm. as well as Dogma Debate, yep. and I personally, for the Skeptic Choir, would like to extend our condolences to family and friends up there. I've had the pleasure, I met him a couple of years ago, he was a great man. Hopefully people probably... will continue to do work in his name.
1: Yes. Our condolences. Now what? How do we move on from that? It's really hard to transition out of
2: (laughs) facing adversity,
1: dying. Facing adversity.
0: We'll get to that later. (laughs) Well, Well. I I faced some mental adversity this last weekend because um, I I am a fan of Craig Ferguson's Late Late Show, where he has usually movie star guests, maybe some writers, some comedians here or there. Um, One of his guests last week was uh, Stephen Fry. Noted actor, comedian, and
2: atheist,
1: atheist, intellectual, intellectual. Very good. No, intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> We're down south now. You can son. take
0: the boy out of Texas, but you can't take the Texas <laughs> out of the boy. Um, wow, it sounded really dirty in my mind. Um, also, the way you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Fry was on the Late Late Show. He was not on Craig Ferguson. That's a whole different kind of show. Um What really? No, on Craig Ferguson. Ah. Uh... Should I just Okay. He was on the Late Late Show and he they actually had a quite long and involved discussion, not your usual kind of five minute Hey, how's your movie? Did you just buy a house? You know, hey, good to see you. Thanks
1: for coming on. Bye. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> they had a really long conversation, and every once in a while Craig Ferguson does this with he, I think that he did this with uh, Desmond Tutu, and I think Stephen Fry one time before, where he just, you know, talks about what they want to talk about. And they talked a lot about atheism, science, humanism, and um, the experience Stephen Fry had traveling from state to state across the country for this six-part miniseries thing from Britain. I can't remember the name of it. But it was a really interesting discussion of, in in the American public forum, of I am an atheist, this is why, and I think it's a beautiful um, belief system to to explain the world and to live your life by. So that was really good. On the other hand, the same same weekend that I was catching up on that TV, I realized that our old friend Deepak Chopra was a guest on the NPR uh, radio show Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, And I was kind of gritting my teeth throughout the entire like five minute pre
1: game interview type thing. And well, the the comedians didn't really let him get away with a lot. No, (laughs) they didn't really
0: they didn't really throw him any fastball hard questions.
1: Well, no, but they're there to be funny. It's right. easier well, just no, to live. Well, no, the host as well. Oh, but again, he's not there. Yes, it's not an interview show. It's so a, things like a he, thing. he he said,
0: "All right, well, what do you think of some of these modalities?" Which was like, "Oh, wow, they're actually going to ask him about that," which is the neti pot, <laughs> aromatherapy, and the head-on commercial things. Right. <laughs> the the neti pot he thought was very useful, um, and he made no disclaimers whatsoever about that you should use it. Sparingly. Sparingly. You shouldn't do it every day. Yeah. As a medical doctor, which he insisted he still was, he was very adamant about the fact that he was still a
1: licensed physician. Y- yes, but in a very specific brain type of thing. True.
0: Um, but he he, he wanted he, to yeah. have that argument from authority yeah. kind of thing. Um, well, of course. he. You would hope that he would know better to say, well, it's, you know,
1: Consult why? Why, why would he? He's pro- he probably yeah. gets money off. <laughs> yeah. He also thought aromatherapy
0: was very, very useful. He kept using that phrase, very useful. Yeah. Um, that it. Well,
2: con- hold on. It can be if you have stepped in dog shit and you walk into your house and you know everything smells like dog shit. At that point, aromatherapy can be kind of helpful. Yeah. Or, but-
1: or your dog brings you in a skunk.
0: Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> Or if you just want to kind of relax and calm down, because he did go through some stuff that was, yeah, that's true. If you're anxious or you just want to relax before you go to sleep, sometimes calming scents, lavender, yeah, because, birthday cake, whatever, but, will help you go because, to sleep.
1: Because yeah, smells do uh, trigger. help trigger, trigger emotions, you know, not like, ah, but they can trigger memories and good memories or, or bad memories. Same thing as uh, music and sound.
0: The one yeah. thing that kind of threw More me movements. for a loop was when he said that aromatherapy was great for irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> and that was completely out of left field. The audience laughed at it, and nobody touched that one. I mean, yeah. no pun intended. But uh, Sounds
1: like you're full of shit, Deepak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he threw out a lot of kind of... The, you know, well, if you look at astrophysics and quantum physics, that oh. if you go down to the lowest level, that means that everything is nothing and nothing is
1: everything. We are not actually here. Yes. Is and life he is an illusion. Yes. And- Reality
0: is an illusion. Yes, exactly. I really wish Peter Sagal had brought up the Deepak Chopra meme generator, <laughs> right. that website that just
1: wisdom Chopra random... Exactly.
0: Oh, I just so wanted him to bring that up and said, "Have you ever heard of this thing? Let me read off a few of the things that it says." <laughs> oh, I so <laughs> wanted that because that's perfect for a comedy show like yes.
1: that. But
0: I, you know, I, I've, because
1: I've... it would be embarrassing if it if it came up as like, no, "No, I said that." Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Now, that would be something I would That would, would want be
0: to a watch. game to say, yeah. you know, of these three things, which things did you actually say? No. <laughs> and apparently he's never heard of head-on,
1: applied directly yeah, to the board. I, I imagine he, he probably doesn't watch a lot of television. I would guess. So, in, well, all in all, because, he, he's too busy counting know, the money.
2: Well, I was going to say, because, you know, everything is nothing and nothing is everything. Ah, uh, that's he true. He probably already knows what's going to be on TV. Yeah.
1: He's, he's seen it all. Yeah. It's, it's all quantum.
0: Now correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought Head On was technically a homeopathic product. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, then I yeah, was surprised he hadn't heard of it. Huh. If it was kind of a wooey homeopathic thing, but actually he stayed away from the he, The he, big woo. Yeah. He he was in the very <laughs> the big philosophical woo, big woo of everything is nothing and nothing is everything, and well, if you take <laughs> the world by big
1: woo. <laughs> <laughs> Not big pharma, <laughs> big woo.
2: <laughs> well, come on, there's
1: hey, Oprah, big woo. Yeah,
2: There, there is big woo yeah. versus little woo. Yeah. The, the step on a crack, break your mother's back. That's little woo. Okay, Anti-vax. you get you get rid of it, you get out of it after the age of you know seven. Santa Claus, that's little woo. <laughs> okay, this. You know, whatever, you know, everything is something, and something is nothing, and we we're, we're all connected, intercon- but we
0: don't exist. Kevin Trudeau, <laughs> World Nut Daily, InfoWars, yeah. that's big woo. That,
2: InfoWars, I think, is the biggest woo.
1: That's yeah. a debate for another and time. Nat- well, natural news.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's see, then news. see, it, it's a debate, and I'd like to see it go smackdown! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. A subtle punch in the face. (laughs) Come on. Can you not tell me you wouldn't buy tickets to see Alex Jones versus the Health Ranger? Come on. Well, you know. Octagon style? That
0: would be awesome. You would have skeptics throwing metal chairs into the ring like, use it, please.
1: Didn't Alex Jones just recently... Like, in the last couple of days, didn't he challenge Bill O'Reilly yes. to a fight?
2: He got pissed off with Bill O'Reilly because basically... Because
1: Bill I, O'Reilly uh, did something that was rational and yes. called him out as an as an idiot. <laughs>
2: yep.
1: <laughs> and then he got mad. He was calling him a bully and challenge him to a fight.
2: <laughs> I'm telling really? you, if we, if we could do this... We could make millions.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I think just for I'll the do it. t-shirt concessions alone. And, you know,
2: at some point,
1: I think that Bill O'Reilly and Alex Jones are going to come out exactly like pro wrestling did and say, Ah, it's all been a big joke. We're laughing all the way to the bank. Well, You, think you know fact- what? I
2: can see uh, Bill O'Reilly, O'Reilly doing that.
1: that
2: I can't see Alex Jones. I think that he's too invested in his fax machine and his angry yellings to...
1: Yeah, he makes a lot of money. You, you see Bill O'Reilly get along with
0: John Stewart in that, he, and you hear the stories about Bill O'Reilly kind of being a different person on air than he yeah. is when it's he a talks character. to someone behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, he definitely is a character. He may hold some of those beliefs, but he brings it to the nth degree for the show mm-hmm. yeah. as a character, kind of like Stephen Colbert. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is why Stephen Colbert does the Stephen Colbert thing. He does. Yeah. <laughs> So, so speaking of doing the things you do, you did something this last weekend and went somewhere. I
1: went somewhere, yeah.
2: You had a little vacation, didn't you? You know,
1: I got a couple of hours where I I did nothing. It that was quite exciting. That was just the plane ride. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <That> <laughs> well, is awesome, on, on the way out
1: there, the plane ride was was pretty pretty crowded. But the way back, uh, both both legs of my trip, I I had uh, a seat free next to me. Which so where nice. were you? I went to San Diego for the American Humanists Association two thousand thirteen conference and then specifically for the United Coalition of Reason uh national meeting. Their I think it was their first one. Cool. And it was it was Congratulations. So, yeah. And uh, Did you have fun? I had a good time. I, I learned a lot, got some really good ideas for our Coalition of Reason here in San Antonio. Um uh, don't tell anybody, keep it a secret. <laughs> Right.
2: I think he has to tell the other co-chair.
1: No, Well, I mean, don't tell our listeners. Right. It's like, to do good works and...
0: Oh, Gary, spoilers.
1: Yeah. but
0: that,
2: that, that's Next a... you're going
1: to tell me who the next Doctor Who is going to be. Uh, Lassie.
2: I was voting for Helen Mirren.
1: <laughs> Simon Pegg? Another discussion for another time. <laughs> uh, the San, Di- San Diego Coalition of Reason apparently does a, a lot as as well as sort of the Dallas, uh, although they weren't there, I don't think. Um, so they were just giving tips on what they were doing, how they did outreach to the community. Uh, they apparently, like one of the coalition, I think it was the San Diego, got all of the uh, UU ch- churches to join the Coalition of Reason. Interesting. Yeah. But of course, UU churches are fairly non-denominational, so from one to another – like, you just you don't know if you're going to be on the jesus side or on the more philosophical side. That has nothing to do with it. You know that mathematical
0: paradox where you move halfway to the wall and you move halfway to the wall, halfway to the wall, and you never actually reach the wall because you're always going halfway? Zeno's paradox. Yeah, Zeno's paradox. UUs are basically that last little bit before you hit the wall where your nose is like a millimeter <laughs> away from the wall of being an atheist, because they're just it's almost some there. Of some, some of them. Some of are, them are. Some of them are full-on woo crystals and dolphins crazies, but there are plenty, especially here in the South, where it, they don't want to be atheists, but they don't like the full-on Baptist Christian stuff, so they go, oh, I'm Unitarian. Yeah, Right.
2: Well, I think it's something like they did in average. It's something like the average Unitarian Universalist <clears throat> church identifies about ten percent atheists, which is very odd mm. considering that UU and atheism have had kind of a rocky history.
1: Yeah,
0: we'll we'll put them in the octagon after Alex Jones. Yeah.
1: There was some talk at at the conference about atheism versus humanism. Uh, some some questions on some of the panels were you know at the. Friday lunch, I was at a table and we, we discussed the difference between uh, Atheism Plus and Humanism. Oh, that should have... Uh, um,
0: well, because all of I these are, are humans. worms.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, all of these... So we, we were talking about the, the the problems that Atheism Plus was having uh, with the trolls and, and stuff like that. And how, how is this really different from Humanism? Right. Uh, because Humanism is effectively... Is effectively atheism, but you don't have to be. AHA's that's that's their motto is good without God, so you can still be a Christian and be a humanist, of course. Yes. Because you can do good works, but it does lend itself to to atheism. So anyway, it that was a very interesting discussion, and unfortunately, I can't remember her name, but I did meet a listener at the table. She said, "Oh, you." She she had hers, so I passed. You know, I was passing out buttons and stuff. Very cool. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Well. Hello, random. I'm, I'm Did sorry. you
1: get that little internal thrill, like, oh my god, someone
0: I don't know listens to us?
1: Yeah, and I got really nervous, so I changed the subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we were.
2: <laughs> That's the I didn't want to be associated with that podcast. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. It had nothing to do. I mean, because we, we it was kind of in the in the middle of a conversation. Right. People were starting to hand out cards, and so I handed to hand out buttons and and, and cards, cards as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've heard of you. So, yeah, I I promoted the podcast. Very I'm cool. sorry. I can't remember your name. Sorry.
0: Um, well, you can edit it in later, maybe.
1: No. No. <laughs> I didn't write it down. I didn't have... Yeah. Well, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. Okay. Not so, only,
0: generic lister. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Uh, because I also forgot to bring my recorder. <laughs> so, I, I, it was just... You yeah, had not, fun. And the learned I enjoyed stuff. myself. Yes, I did. The coalition of reason they had you know uh talks about fundraising uh using social media how to organize and grow and advertise and you know it was just it was is interesting stuff cool so, and then the the humanism conference on saturday unfortunately uh friday was all coalition of reason and then uh saturday i only had half a day cuz i had to get on the on the plane to to fly out but they had Religious fundamentalism and child abuse. So Richard Dawkins, of course, was there because <laughs> that's his big thing now. Speaking out against it. Yeah. Let me just clarify Yeah, yeah all, all of them were. And yeah. and there were some, some really good messages and some, some powerful ah, speakers. I think
0: well. some of it was webcast. I believe so. So there may be some YouTube videos floating around there. Or they will post things eventually, like a whole bunch of stuff from TAM last year was posted, Skepticon was yeah. live-streamed. So,
1: so one of the things about the, the, the conference I thought is cool is the AHA is trying to get uh, educational material put up on the web available for homeschoolers and for uh, charter schools that are doing uh, ethical, uh, ethical curriculum. And so they don't have a lot right now. I mean, they're really in the formative stages. But they have some for adults that, that you, can, you can download. And they do have – they're looking for people to help them. So if you know about curriculum, curricula, curriculi, if you know how to put together lesson plans and, and you know a bit about uh, ethics and humanism and how to teach, they could certainly use your help.
2: I believe that would be a job for teacher Mike.
1: That quite good class by the way. And another example of how
0: each of us, in our little way, can do a little something to make the skepticism, atheism, humanism world just a little bit better. Just a little, little better. things here and there.
1: Yeah, because it, it, there, there was a lot of discussion, of course, you know, how can we use the idea of building the community such as the church uses? And use that kind of uh, community building resources. You know, getting people doing it every week, uh, always asking for money, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> making friends, having someone yeah. to call somebody if they're sick. Yeah. you know, help an elderly person. Everybody Maybe take people. turns. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and how? So how can we do that to build the humanist community in in the area? So it is is a, a good good weekend. I, I it enjoyed was myself. Good. It was a good good conference. Uh had some good beer. Weirdly enough, when when they had the the big meet and greet on Friday night uh, and you went out to the beach, they had it on the beach. Uh, they the wine that they were serving was not California wine. It was, <laughs> it, was it was Australian wine. Like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so all the people I met, uh, <laughs> it was nice to meet you. Oh, the the guy from the Military Association of uh, Atheists and Freethinkers.
2: Jason Torpy? Yes,
1: Jason, Jason Torpy.
2: That's I got to
1: cool. uh, talk with him for a bit. And, and if cool. we have any new listeners, welcome, and we hope you
0: enjoy our show. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> what the hell? See, this is why you're so bad at promoting the podcast. You're so embarrassed about
1: saying, please listen to our show. No, no, no. Like, I know I'm laughing because of the way it was stated. Uh, very kind of Don Pardo kind of. Welcome. Welcome to the show.
0: Welcome to Fantasy Island.
1: <laughs> exactly. So speaking of community building, uh, there was an article about the psychology of something or other. <laughs> Shit, You're going to want to redo that. So um, there's there actually the, the Humanism Conference had a panel discussion about uh, grief in, in humanism and how to do that without without the... Uh, we've dealt
0: with that a little on the show. And we some have. Some of the grief things that we as individuals have gone through, and we've seen bloggers post about losses that they've had, that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: Uh, unfortunately, I, I couldn't make that... <laughs> <talk>. However, oh. <laughs> there, was, there was recently an article about how some people are getting rid of their religion and moving towards science. You want to talk about that? There
0: was an article on the website PS Mag. The article was called Facing Adversity, Some Find Solace in Science, which was describing a recent pair of studies that was published in the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology where um, a University of Oxford psychologist, Miguel Ferrias, uh, I'm going to go with that. My pronunciation is always horrible. Um, where he did two very small studies on the hypothesis that, well, religious people find solace in religion, and they do actually do, psychology fo- has found, they do find legitimate solace in um Understanding the world through the supernatural view of someone's looking out for me or there's an explanation for the world, that sort of thing. And he was wondering, well, for secular people, what are the kind of things they, they turn to? Because there's been hypotheses about how um, secular people will tr- turn to community, turn to their friends and that sort of thing, experience. But but Professor Ferius was saying that he, he was wondering if... Secular people turn to science as something to grease the wheels when they're anxious or feeling grief or have some um, existential crisis or something hmm. like that. So, he did. There was one study where he took a hundred rowers, which are basically amateur athletes in college who are rowing boats, and he gave them a survey on how religious they consider themselves, a 10 item survey in their belief in science, and then. Um, how stressful they felt at the moment, mm. which was they were either given at at a practice or right before a competition, so the variable there was how much stressed were they under? They wanted to see was there any difference between the two groups in how much they believed in science or said they believed in science, and they found, and you know this is the biggest problem I have with this it's a hundred people right fifty fifty that's a big split, and not all of them were secular. Now, there was a, because these were mostly university students, yes, they were mostly secular people, but not all of them. Um, so it's very, very small groups, but they did find a significant difference between the stressed group and the not-so-stressed group on how much they said they believed in science. It was statistically significant, but it was within the standard deviation. <laughs> which sucked as right. far as i concerned. It's like, yeah, okay. But that's what preliminary studies are supposed to do. Is there something there to look at f- further? And at least <laughs> on both these studies, they said, yeah, okay, this requires more looking into. Because the second study, they had 60 people, which is a smaller group, unfortunately, but they tried to control it even better by saying, okay, we're going to do this standard way to kind of induce a ecstasy. Ex- existential crisis of right about what you feel about death and mortality of your own mortality versus right about the last time you were at the dentist and it hurt mm-hmm. so one's really making you think about your own mortality and the other one is eh, kind of sucked <laughs> and they want to say well is there a difference in how much they report they believe in science and apparently there was, again it was statistically significant but within the standard deviation hmm. but it's a tiny study they also wanted to look at how much that compared with not just science belief, but how people believe, whether or not people believe that science, I don't know how to describe this, science leads to a deterministic, fatalistic thinking related to My genes control my life. How I was raised as a child determines who I am as an adult, whether there was a correlation there. And that was really muddy. That wasn't quite clear. But they did, at least in these two different things, say people who were under stress, who were secular, identified more with science. And I can kind of understand that in some ways. But in other ways, I don't know how much that's actually related to other things related to science.
1: Yeah, and, and the question on whether it it relates to finding solace in science is not really mm-hmm. answered by that exactly. Because like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm not worried about God or or a deity or anything, but it's not like you're going, well, science, science salt- gives me comfort. I I can kind of see like in
0: your if you're in a stressful mode, like the the mowers, the mowers, the rowers who are about to be in the competition, it. It shows you what's on their mind,
1: yeah. And
0: they're thinking scientifically. And some of the the researchers said, "Well, that means they're they're thinking about how they can rely upon the the equipment they have and the scientific testing in yeah. a, and what and the methods of we do this over and over again." And we were scientific about how we trained. Right. I can kind of get that, and and there are plenty of times where I find personal solace in in more of the statistics of the world there's this quote from a science fiction show that i love which is wouldn't it be worse if all the things that happened to us in this universe were happened to us because it was our fault so i take comfort in the general unfairness of the universe statistically you know life is going to be unfair sometimes good things sometimes bad things i'm okay
2: the last kind of sentence in the article is where I have the the biggest disagreement. It says, nevertheless, the researchers conclude, merely believing in the superiority of science as a method of making sense of the universe may be sufficient to play a comforting role in difficult times.
0: They really reached on that one.
2: Yeah, that was a... uh, You're not exactly... Your research isn't...
1: It's not actually pointing to it.
2: To it, exactly.
1: You you can't draw that conclusion... uh, You can say... Well, they said maybe sufficient. I mean, there are things like you can
0: find comfort in the fact that science tells you we don't know a lot. So I'm comforted with the fact that, okay, it'll be okay because I don't know everything. Or I am really a small bit of the universe, so take myself down a peg because I'm really not that important yeah, calm down. Or... They
2: might as well have said you can take solace. People find solace in chocolate ice cream, which, yeah, I do. Based on science.
1: <laughs> Without science? Well, actually, without engineering.
2: (laughs) We wouldn't have chocolate ice cream. We wouldn't have
1: chocolate ice cream.
0: Well, so this study, it's one of those things where if this were a wooey study, I would point directly to the 100 subjects and the 60 subjects and say, ah, toss it, forget it, who cares? But I kind of agree with the general tone of... People who are secular do not depend, don't go back and depend on religious and supernatural stuff when they're Mm -hmm. in crisis. Right. They still rely on what they know about the real world. So I kind of agree with it, but I also say, you know what? It's not
1: that great. Give me better numbers. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting if they did professional athletes because some a lot of them tend to be superstitious, and you know, for example, the the Tim Tebows. Who point to God after right? Uh, well, they specifically everything. They
0: specifically in this like case pooping. wanted to look at secular people as much as they could, but they did say at the end of their abstract or their conclusion that they said the next step would be to be look on how much belief in science changes for people who are believers as well as atheists. Mm-hmm. To say do because I could see people who are still believers in Jesus or crystals and dolphins or homeopathy when they're really in crisis thinking well the we, thing about science was the scientific method is the only reliable path to knowledge you might be primed at least with thinking that science can give me knowledge so even religious people might find solace in scare quotes in that yeah
1: yeah it it depends i guess on what that what what they mean precisely for by solace but okay moving on
0: yes because these subjects needed to face harder adversity like sharks with laser beams or something
1: sure but this was a, a you know a scientifically done study, and there was another scientifically done research study by the Pew uh, Social Trends, and that's been making the rounds because the conservatives started pointing to it and saying, "See, see how horrible our nation has become," based on that this study. This uh, questionnaire, this survey of 1,003 people, <laughs> uh, representative samples of people, uh, families, households, uh, showed that the majority of the, you know, the people polled think that it's better for the woman to stay at home. And there, there was an increase in women making more money than their partner, uh, specifically their heterosexual partner, usually. But uh, And also a very large increase of women just working full-time outside of the home. Compared to 1960, where only 10%... 11% of the households had a two-income family. It's up to about 40% of those pulled. Right. Which is, uh, that's a pretty big jump. Yeah. But it kind of makes sense considering the economy and things cost Just money. Changes in the social nature as well over the last 50 years. Yeah. So what really got this going was Lou Dobbs, who is a conservative... Fox News talk show guy.
0: Yeah, because you said they were the conservatives were pointing to this. Yeah. That doesn't really quite describe the ape shittery <laughs> that the conservative sphere went over this.
2: Right, and I found myself agreeing with Megan Kelly. Which... Who's also
1: a conservative Fox News commentator. She, right. But, but believe it or basically... not, a woman. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: She stood up and basically was like, what the hell do you find wrong with women working? And, you know, it, it's it's the broken clock syndrome. I don't agree with her often, but <laughs> I was having a ghost sister moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Lou Dobbs uh, kind of kicked it off by, on on this portion, you can watch this online, and I think I'll put the, it, it'll be in the show notes. And he, he said, quote, Women, uh, there's a problem with women becoming breadwinners in this country, and a lot of other concerning and troubling statistics. <laughs> End quote. Really, it sounds
0: like he's lumping women working with, you know, people being less religious. People coming well, out as gay, as just lots of other things that trouble.
1: Well, you, talking murder, about,
2: mayhem, destruction, dogs and cats living together. together, mass hysteria.
1: So on on his panel, he had a, a very diverse panel, uh, which included. Uh, Juan Williams, who's not female. uh, Eric Erickson, who's not female. And uh, Doug Schoen, who is also not female. So they were talking about this study. Oh, so
2: it's like the military generals who got together to discuss sexual harassment and rape.
1: Yeah, and the (laughs) Congress people who got together to talk about rape and abortion. Yeah. Uh, Not a single woman in the room. Eric Erickson, he's kind of the guy who got the really big pushback. Because he said it's... uh, The liberals are ignoring the scientific fact that women should not be working and that they should be back at home and that families need to have the woman in the home and men to be the breadwinner. Uh,
2: I am officially calling bullshit.
1: Yeah, and so it's also a scientific fact that men... Are the dominant ones in society. I mean, if you look across at, at the at the animal world, it's it's the the male of the species that really gets things done. Except
0: uh, when you go onto FetLife dot I don't know
1: what that is. Okay. We as a society have lost the ability to have complementary relationships. Which the thing is that I see about all of this commentary is they're really missing the point. First of all, an opinion poll isn't scientific fact. The opinion poll was done using scientific methods to get a statistically representative sample.
0: But it was, they asked questions like, are you working? That's a simple yes or no question. Where they also asked questions like, do you think... People working in the household is good or bad. And that's pure opinion.
1: Well, yeah, it says Has the increase in the number of women working for pay outside the home made this easier or harder for parents to raise children, for families to earn enough money to live comfortably, and for marriages to be successful? Okay.
0: So not how has it made it harder on you? They're asking has it made it harder in general, you know, in general, general yeah. which is incredibly unscientific.
1: Well, it's it's it, right, but it's it it's, it's, an, it's an opinion, opinion it poll. Yet. So of course, eighty-two percent said yes. Having two parents outside of the house house makes it harder to uh, raise children. And that I would say that's kind of
0: true, but that doesn't mean that's the woman who has to stay home.
1: Right. Uh, and then it says for families to earn money enough money, uh, 60% said yes. Two incomes makes it easier to have more money. No shit, Sherlock. For <laughs> marriages to be successful. And that was 67% said it was more difficult to be successful. And so the conservatives jumped on this and said, see, it makes it harder. See, it, it is destroying marriage. And no, they're missing the point. The problem isn't that two people are working. The problem is, with the marriages is that they aren't working together to make the marriage work. Possibly. There could be all kinds of other things going on, but right. if, you're not, if you're not on the same page and you have children, having kids is, is difficult.
2: Right, and I'm going to use my own personal example here. Don't get me wrong. I love my kids. I work outside the home because I'm better at that than being the Donna Reed, leave it to Beaver, <laughs> baking cookies in an apron. I, I can't do that shit. And, and I, I can't. My partner is much better suited to being the nurturer, the, the kissing boo-boos, My answer is, hey, it's not gushing blood and your bones aren't broken. What's the problem? (laughs) You know? So, my partner is a much better nurturer, whereas I'm a much better provider.
0: You've worked that out between the two of you, and you've kind of negotiated your roles, where sometimes you think that the quote-unquote like old leave-it-to-beaver kind of 50s-style marriages where the man goes off and earns and the woman stays home is a much more regimented lifestyle where you don't discuss these things you don't you just you don't talk about what happens so it's a lot more regimented so it's easier to keep the marriage going because you never ask those questions
1: Uh, not necessarily
0: you know your roles and everybody does what they're supposed to
1: it perhaps but i I think so that's where
0: i think some of that like it's it's just easier to do that comes from
1: yeah i mean well part part of the problem is that the conservatives totally uh one one it has to be a heterosexual union <laughs> yeah. it has to be man and man and woman, despite the scientific uh, scientific studies, not just polls but studies that show that having more than one person adult uh, in a loving and nurturing environment is the best for a kid. It doesn't matter whether it's two men, two women, man or woman, or whatever. Uh, it, it, just, it
0: it doesn't matter if one goes to work and one stays home. Yeah. They're both there, and they both take turns helping. That's the right. important thing.
1: Right. And, and it is true that in many cases it's easier as a family unit if one person is doing the majority of the bringing home the bacon and the other person is doing sort of the home thing, but there has to be a cross-pollination poll- there. Uh, because then that's the that's the union. That's the, we're going to make this family unit work. Another way to do it is to have a good community. So if you can't take care of the kids, you have your next-door neighbor, or if you have enough money, if you have to work, and this is this whole single-parent thing, uh, which they also said is <laughs> destroying the fabric of the United States, uh, it was shown that... Two incomes is really good for, for the kids, uh, because you have more money, so you can actually... Uh, they didn't go into detail about this, but you can have the kids taken care of, right? Or go, And going to soccer plant right. practice, getting violin lessons, the right. whole kind of experience. Exactly. Whereas a single person is, generally speaking, earning much less, so they're going to have a little bit more problems, uh, especially with daycare, and so, yes... There will there will be problems with making the family work. Now,
0: problems does not mean that it ha- that there has to be a value judgment there, right, and right. that's where these conservative people yeah, went one step too far, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they said, "Yeah, it's difficult, and it's it's more problematic in a real world situation. Therefore, it's wrong." Be- yeah. and also it just happens to. Um, Go along with our conservative viewpoint that it must be a mother and a father and necktie and long dresses and that kind of thing.
1: And so it, it, they really missed the the entire point of the opinion poll. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Opinions aren't science. Doesn't matter how much you wish it to be true, it doesn't make it true. And so this, they've Eric Erickson. (laughs) really went off the deep end.
2: Right. And I'll be honest, pissed me right the fuck off. Um, Well, Warren Williams
1: wasn't much better.
2: (laughs) One of the things that they, that the article that I read, the New York Times article that you didn't really, kind of touched upon is the difference between uh, racial lines. White women in a marriage are typically earning roughly about $80,000 a year when they are the primary breadwinner.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: These single moms are usually African American or Hispanic and earning $23,000 right. a year. That is a huge significant difference that I think honestly should be more talked about than this whole oh my god <laughs> the woman's making more money. Oh yeah. my god, you know, you know dogs and cats living together again, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the one thing they, they were saying about the the woman making more is it, it emasculates the man, and so he can't feel like a man because he's not doing his manly duties. It's like, that's, okay, maybe that's you, <laughs> Juan Williams, and you, Lou Dobbs. Uh, even though Lou Dobbs said that he almost had to be a single father, but he worked it out with his wife because his wife was earning more at the time while he was trying to start up his conservative website, Red State. <laughs> He wasn't making any money. He just felt really bad.
0: If you're stuck in that mindset, yeah, yeah. you're going to be emasculated, but it
1: doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't way. have to be. Right. And, and having the, your partner earn more or whatever also doesn't cause the relationship to be non-complementary. That's a personal choice between the right. people.
2: And I was just about to you go there. You just have to
1: talk about it. You have to. You have to discuss shit with, <laughs> with your partner. You know, if, if you have it, especially okay, just one on one, you have to know where your relationship is going. And then if you add a child to the mix, you have to have the same idea on where you want this child to go and how you're going to work out all of the things that have to happen to keep this child alive and learning and and, you know, becoming the, the clone that you want this child to be. <laughs> If that's what you want or to be the the free thinking, open-minded, you know, you have to, you have to, you, you and your partner have to say, okay, you know, we're going to be Lutheran or go ahead and take the child to church or let's not do take the child to church. Let's uh, give the child a choice, but you have to be on the same page because otherwise it's going to fester and you're not going to be complimentary, that's with an right. E, not with an I.
0: <laughs> and that's where that rigid mindset of the, the man is the, the outside and the woman stays inside. And that's just your roles and you never talk about it. That's where it actually led to so many problems in marriages over the last several decades. You know, back in the 50s, that's why marriages didn't work because nobody talked because the guy <laughs> had to be unemotional and not talk about his feelings. Mm-hmm. And you didn't, you didn't have a full on partnership. That's the advance of current relationships that people understand that you don't always have to be teary and, you know, weepy about what's going on, but you have to talk about stuff. Yeah. And that's better. And to some people, that's scary because it's different.
1: It's different. And then the the whole uh, feminist movement that al- allowed women to have something more of a self-worth other than being the <laughs> homemaker. Because if you talk to a lot of women, they like being outside the house, and they like, you know, there are. I know lots of women who love to be a Susie homemaker, and but I know a lot more who are intelligent and driven, and you know want the career. And the conservator is saying. Oh, no, no. The feminist movement said that... Eric Erickson, or whatever the hell his name is.
0: Said that... uh, Let me guess. That everybody... That feminist was saying that all the women had to go out, depending on... doesn't matter what they wanted. Right. Because some women do want to stay home, and that's a perfectly valid choice, and that's what they want, and that's best for them as a person. Mm -hmm. But the the caricature of feminism is that women will never stay at home, they'll all be working, and it's men who will be enslaved, and blah, blah, blah.
1: Right. But he also said that... The whole feminist movement brought up the idea that you can, you can have it all. You um, know what? You can. You can. You have to work at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and there are some times when you have to do more work than having it all, At you know, especially <laughs> if you're only making $24,000 a year. So.
2: It is a matter of discussion. And it is a matter of being honest, not only with your partner, but with yourself. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm the first one who says, I'm not meant to stay home with small kids. <laughs> I'm not. I like my job. But I like coming home and hearing, hey, mommy, how was your day? And sitting down and having time with them, the quality time as opposed to quantity of time.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Because I'm sorry, I can only hear about the Transformers movie so many times. I really can't. I really only can hear it so much.
0: Okay, the 1980s cartoon where Optimus dies? No, no, no. The the only good Transformers movie? Okay.
1: There was a good Transformers movie? Well, when I saw it when I was a kid, it was the best thing ever. Ah, well, of course.
2: (laughs) But, you know, that was a, you know, we discussed things. And that's what partners, whether you are married or not, should do. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about somebody who's going to be dependent on you for 18-plus years.
1: Yes, precisely. So speaking of of working outside the home, <laughs> uh, well, not even single mother, but a, a I don't remember if we discussed this on the podcast, but there I, was a uh, woman in Ohio who was working for the local archdiocese as a teacher... Of Cincinnati. Of Cincinnati. Uh, Ohio. And she got fired because she was artificially inseminated, which is against church doctrine. And it was also found out that she was a lesbian, which is also against church doctrine. So they let her go to uh, much gnashing of teeth by quite a few people, in fact. Including people at the school. And uh, the ACLU. And the, and the, exactly. <laughs> so, it went to trial, and a jury found that she was discriminated against. And specifically, not because she was a lesbian. Right. right. But because
0: she was a non-ministerial employee, so she doesn't necessarily need to follow all the tenets of Catholicism. So that she was discriminated against for for getting pregnant yes. by artificial insemination. Yes.
2: But let's make an amendment to that. And I can't remember where I've read this because I don't really think that this it's in the article that we've all read. There was another employee at the school whose wife had gone through artificial insemination, gotten pregnant. They didn't fire him.
0: All right. Ah, Okay. Yeah, because that's one of the questions that we can get into later of what are all the other things that is against church doctrine that people have not been fired for? I mean, do you want to go back to they didn't follow the Bible because they had a bacon cheeseburger, which is not kosher?
1: Or didn't have fish or, or uh, had meat on Friday. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Or didn't have communion every single week or didn't go to confession. Are people being fired for this?
1: Yeah now see i i'm of, I'm just I, asking I, <laughs> thank you mr Beck uh, <laughs> now i i'm I'm of, I'm of two minds about this uh, because one you shouldn't be discriminated against for getting pregnant or for artificial insemination uh you shouldn't be discriminated against for for being homosexual or or whatever, but at the same time. It's a Catholic school uh, run by the Catholics who have a very particular idea of what they So it's a private school. And so they should be able to make their own damn rules regardless of uh, how stupid and bigoted and horrible they are. And I think they should be allowed to fire her and be proud of it so that all the people can go, this is stupid. <laughs> uh how how can these people be so horrible? Uh, let's put our money elsewhere, and then all of the little fundamentalists will, uh, it, like, who who follow the Catholic League will go, and the Catholic Church there will get more and more fundamentalistic and uh, fun- fundamentalistic, and uh, batshit crazy, and eventually they'll just go. Pfft. <laughs> I understand that. I don't know if that'll work. Yeah, the crux happen. of the
0: argument in here was that she was. The, the church was claiming that she was a ministerial yes. employee.
1: Which is not clearly defined. Which
0: is completely bullshit, because she was like a computer science teacher. <laughs> yeah. Which is... I mean, okay, that's not in the Bible. Computers aren't in the fucking Bible, so why... Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, they were claiming that she was a ministerial employee. But the jury said no. Because she's a, just a teacher. So, because she is doesn't follow under that exemption for ministers or anything that's specifically related to the religion itself, Mm -hmm. you cannot, you have to follow discrimination laws. Mm. So she could have been a full out lesbian who's getting inseminated and waving around the atheist flag and bringing in Dawkins to guest teach and stuff like that. And that's, that shouldn't be a fireable offense because she is not a
1: religious employee. Right, except for the fact that, that she, she is... Imp-
2: signed a statement yeah. saying that she would abide by Catholic doctrine. Yeah, but anybody who's,
0: who's clicked okay on the iTunes I, agreement... No, <laughs> you
2: know what? No, I completely disagree. I, I, fucking read the iTunes agreement. Read what you are signing your name to. Well, I don't use iTunes. <laughs> okay, read the damn Terms of Service agreement. Yeah read what you're signing your name to. She agreed to abide by Catholic doctrine. She's quoted as saying, she said she thought the contract clause about abiding by church teachings meant she could be a Christian and follow the Bible. Which
0: brings us back to the whole Leviticus thing, but anyway.
1: Well, exactly. Which which parts of of the Bible? I mean, was it spelled out that she couldn't get pregnant? If that was the case, right... Where it said you, just you, you, have can't, to, you can't use artificial insemination. It probably was
0: just you should follow the teachings of the church, which is very vague and constantly changing. Right. Yeah.
2: So there, there was faults on both sides. The Catholic Church should have had their little thing that said you can't get pregnant via in vitro fertilization. Yeah. Via and in I want ins- them to
1: do that. I want them to have to, Which shows more of the you fundamentalism. Can't, you can't yeah. be they have gay. To spell it out.
2: You you know you can't yeah. eat meat on Fridays. Blah, 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 blah. List it out. Yep. Be that
0: conclusive. You must sign a sentence saying that, yes, I believe the cracker turns into the body of Jesus. Right. (laughs) Right. Because that's specifically Catholic and wouldn't make her think that, oh, I can just be any kind of Christian. Right. It's right. specifically C- Catholic, so they know, no, we really mean you have to be because Catholic. Because the
2: other side of that is is that once you sign that document that says, I'm not going to get pregnant via artificial insemination and in vitro fertilization, I'm not going to be gay, <laughs> I'm not going to be this, and blah, 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 blah. Guess what? Catholic Church can fire your ass or promote you accordingly. Yeah.
1: And then they can
0: die away.
2: <laughs> right.
1: So... <laughs> Uh, like I said, two minds. Yeah, you
0: you can go back and forth on, on this, that it's a really gray area, but it does show that at least juries are willing to say, no, your religion does not trump everything.
1: Right. Just, just like the, the parents who have now killed two children because of their faith healing. Yeah. Um, it, it should not uh, be allowed.
2: Right. And honestly, those people should be in jail for yeah. a very long time.
1: Yeah. So, but but there, I mean, there there is something to be said about signing a contract when you when you need a job and you need money. You know, she may have really loved this job, and
2: all more power to her for yeah. that.
1: All right, so you're kind of making a beggars can't
0: be choosers argument, sort of. Well,
2: okay. Yeah, especially it, when it comes to teaching jobs nowadays. Exactly. You really can't. Yeah. I mean, because our it, jobs. Would, period. I mean,
0: she probably knew going into teaching at this Catholic uni- uh, university, high school, whatever it is. She probably already knew she was a lesbian. So she probably already knew that she was contravening Catholic doctrine, right? So which is
1: she? Kept she probably said, "You know what?
0: Yeah. I the, the job is good enough, and I don't have to be out about being a lesbian at work. Mm-hmm. So I'll be able to get by. Technically, I know I'm kind of breaking the contract, but I'll teach the kids well, and that's the important thing.
2: Yeah, but well, it, 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 it's the same case as the woman who got outed via the paper. There was a yeah, PE yeah, yeah, yeah. teacher. Who had worked for a Catholic school for 25 years, and none of her colleagues, e- they either didn't know or didn't ask,
1: yeah, or didn't care. True. Or just assumed because I think some, it was a teacher. Some
2: uppity parent huh. saw the the obituary, and it listed this teacher and That's her right. partner, and everybody threw a shit fit. All of a sudden, it goes, "Oh my God, the PE teacher's a lesbian." Like, that's never happened before. Especially in the Catholic school. Huh? Here.
1: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine was, we all knew it.
1: Yeah. We because all lived it, with it. If you have a choice and then you sign it and they fire you, I don't have much sympathy. Similar to people who go to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa <laughs> who are, they're not supposed to, I don't even know if they're supposed to date, but you're definitely not supposed to have girls in your classroom. You're not supposed to go out drinking, you know. They they have a tight wrap oh, on Oh, the one I have that was...
2: What was it? You, if you, if there's a fire, you have to run back in and basically be properly dressed to come out for the fire and alarm.
1: No, that's, that's a Muslim school, actually. No, <laughs>
2: there was one that they were joking about. It was a oh. religious school about a modesty. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they have a modesty clause, So they have to sign this modesty clause, and they And they do spell out the stuff that they really don't want you to do. And so you see... Every once in a while, in Tulsa, you'll see some kid complaining about being kicked out of ORU, and I have zero sympathy for no. them because they have choices and they chose to go to this place where the library is, you know, is still everything wrapped up in the science section.
0: Yeah, in general, this whole situation, I, I, I keep thinking back on, um, Pendjellet's argument on Masonic rings. If you're a Mason, the rules are that only if you're a confirmed Mason or whatever the hell they call it when they, you know, put on the robes and spank your backside with a paddle, only wow. confirmed Masons are allowed to wear Masonic rings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I am not a Mason, so I don't have to follow that rules rule so I can wear a Masonic ring if I want to. Right. So she's not a Catholic. She shouldn't have to follow the Catholic rules. And this goes on to everything with the whole abortion debate in the country, the birth control d- debate. Um, you know whether or not you, you're allowed to sell beer on Sundays debate mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing of you know what if you, I don't have those rules because I'm not in that religion I shouldn't have to follow those rules but everybody seems to think that you should follow my rules because I'm right because I have God on my side
1: Just, actually I, I need to go back to our previous conversation with Lou Dobbs okay uh, because that reminded me of some Ooh, callback, subtle. Other, <laughs> other subtle callback uh, because they they talked about the woman as a breadwinner, and then Lou Dobbs kept kind of changing the focus almost schizophrenically, uh, saying that, oh, and think of all the, the children, uh, or at least the ones who survived all the abortions. 58 oh, million wow. abortions since uh, Roe He's
2: versus Wade. Wade.
0: And that goes back to the, the idea that the feminism, women and in working, and, feminism,
1: gays coming yeah. out, yeah, and gonna, abortions are was, all tied together. Yeah, in their we're going to have really abortions
2: offensive. in every 7-Eleven.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really offensive. Uh, hilariously so. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> but, I mean, he was going all over trying to, uh, on this topic, bring in things that really have nothing to do with a woman working out so you know right. a, a lot woman of, working well, a lot of non-sequiturs yeah i
2: i agree with the fact that she was awarded the money simply because of the fact that her colleague had pursued artificial insemination been successful he and his wife had a child mm-hmm. at that point that's where i would say that the catholic argument his ass should have been fired But it
1: wasn't him who had the artificial insemination.
2: Yes, but he allowed it. Uh, He's the
1: man. But maybe... He's supposed to make the big But Maybe she did it behind his back, and he thought it was him, him that did it. And therefore, just like Eve and the apple... It was a female, so she just has to be forgiven.
0: Well, when it's artificial insemination, <laughs> it doesn't really matter which way someone's back is turned. That's really not how it works.
1: Yeah, Maybe she slipped and fell on the. Fell turkey on baster. a popsicle? <laughs> the
2: turkey paste. Slipped and fell on a popsicle. I don't know how it
1: happened. <laughs> God, that's so wrong. Okay, let's cut it off. So uh, I think that brings us to. Speaking, speaking of wrong. Speak, speaking of. Uh, quick sex and babies. The lightning round! <laughs> lightning round! <laughs> <laughs> we are horrible, horrible people.
0: Lightning round! <laughs> uh,
1: yes, the lightning round, where we are given uh, 90 seconds to try and fill in the blank on the past week's headlines. That's it? Except for Greg. I can't remember who went first I last think week. I think I did, but I think I also lost.
2: Okay. So one and a half a dozen of the other.
1: Donna, you ready to go first?
2: Yeah. Alright. Oh, I already got a point!
0: Just, well, no, just testing. Damn
2: it. It's <laughs> the only way I'm going to get a point. <laughs> You'll be fine.
0: Go! <laughs> In a recent debate over repealing the Louisiana Science Education Act, State Senator Albert Gullery argued that it should not be repealed because he doesn't want to prematurely declare that blank is pseudoscience. Uh,
2: creationism.
0: Faith healing, or semi clothed witch doctors throwing bones around. <laughs> Listener Richard Hannes shared a story with us about research published in the American Journal of Physical, Physical Anthropology describing that one in 13 people have. ape feet. A mic- former Microsoft manager, Jamin Schivy, announced plans to open a chain of stores to sell blank in Colorado, Washington... Pot. Yes. And California. <laughs> During a talk at the Hay Literary Festival, neuro- neurologist Kathleen Taylor suggested blank was a mental condition that could be cured. Religion? I'll give that one to you, specifically fundamentalism or cult ideology. Last week, asteroid 1998 QE2 and blank flew within 3.6 million miles of the Earth.
2: It's moon. Right?
0: Yep. Uh, a research team from the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine completely mapped the structure of the protein casing of blank. Uh,
2: the AIDS virus.
0: Most uh, distinctive feature of the recently classified uh, Tribophorus aff. Found in remote mountains of Australia is blank.
2: Not ex- uh, the frog is extinct.
0: The hot pink color of the uh. slug. Um, an editorial by Dr. Peter Cohen a, in a JAMA Met- Internal Medicine article uh, said that many men's natural sex supplements contain
2: dangerous stuff.
0: <laughs> I don't know whether to give you that or not. I uh, might as well give it to her. Actual pharmaceutical drugs instead of just natural supplements and stuff like that. Okay. All right. Gary, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. This is a long one. This is why I'm reading it first. According to the new DSM-5, the symptoms of restlessness, nervousness, excitement, insomnia, flushed face, diuresis, which is having to pee a lot, gastrointestinal disturbance, muscle muscle twitching, rambling, flow of thought and speech, tachycardia, and cardiac arrhythmia, or periods of inexhaustibility or physiomotor agitations are symptoms of blank. Uh,
1: caffeine. Uh, too much caffeine.
0: caffeine. Intoxications, slath withdrawal. Yes. Uh. Uh, according to Jason Hawes of Ghost Hunters, uh, children with blank could be seen as psychic or possibly sensitive to spirits. Is it uh, autism? Imaginary friends. Imaginary friends. <laughs> yep. Damn it. Damn it, I, I read that one. Ding you on the other one. Um, researchers taking sonar images of the ocean floor near Nicomuro Island in the South Pacific are
1: hypothesizing that they found. Amelia Hart's airport. airplane. Airport. <laughs> airplane. <laughs> Scientists
0: at the Open University and University of Manchester recently analyzed an ancient Egyptian iron bead and found inside a 5,000-year-old tomb and concluded that it was crafted from...
1: Meteorite.
0: Out in Wyoming, scientists are excavating what promises to be one of the most complete skeletons of a blank.
1: Uh, earliest known primate? Triceratops. Triceratops.
0: Researchers at the U.S. Navy Undersea Warfare Center are dissecting blank in an effort to develop better underwater sound sensors. Uh,
1: Cicadas? Cicadas. Cicadas.
0: Uh, Listener Richard Hannes shared a story with us about the U.N. Human Rights Council is debating a moratorium on the use of... (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, religious indoctrination. I don't know.
0: Lethal autonomous robots or killer robots. Ah. Uh, uh, a Scientology-inspired film, blank, was a flop in theaters this me- recent weekend.
1: Elysium. After Earth. After Earth. God damn it!
0: Scientists working for the candy maker Mars Incorporated and the uni- University of, uh, sorry, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the IBM, and several universities have finished the DNA
1: sequence of.
2: Uh, chocolate.
1: Damn ah, damn it. I knew that one, too. <laughs> yes. Or I, the, sorry, I didn't know that the, one, but I the, read that one. The
0: chocolate plant, yes. You got four correct. Which makes Donna queen of the podcast, queen of the podcast. Once Thank again. You. Queen, queen, queenie, queenie, queen, queen, queen,
2: you. And I read this week. I'm very proud of myself.
0: We're all
2: Yay. proud. See, I, you know, you bitch when I say, oh, I'm going to be the stupid one. I read this week. I was... I didn't
0: think to... you were going to be the stupid one.
2: I always yeah. assumed that's going to be Gary. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> bleen!
1: Bleen! <laughs>
2: <laughs> but did we decide the definition for bleen was?
1: Um, Very bright, I think. Although I was making funny fun of the being dull and making lifeless. Making funny fun? Yes. I, I smart. <laughs> I buy it from Apple. Made overseas. No taxes. The new iSmart.
2: <laughs> okay. Actually, according to UrbanDictionary.com, Bling. there's a definition for bleen. The number between 6 and 7, bleen is not 6.5. It may not be counted as an integer in base 11. Its symbol resembles a figure 8 without the top half of the top circle.
1: Or so it's a, I've, or I've it's a
2: color. It's a I've, Kristen fresh turn on I've the
1: side. I've seen that. I've seen that.
2: It is also a color seen in the muddy rainbow of a puddle of motor oil after the rain. (laughs) It's also a hallucinogen. I think that's kind of appropriate for ours. Which may be absorbed through the skin. And finally, it is a fictitious animal. Bleens are sightless, land-dwelling invertebrates, so named for their call, which sounds rather like blee. (laughs) The color of Bleen comes from their opalescent shifting multi-hued bodies. They are unusual unusual among invertebrates, and they are large, warm-blooded, and do not need to be kept wet, possessing a soft, non-poisonous skin that is generally dry to the touch. They are approximately equal to humans in average mass, but undefinable in length and height, as they are somewhat shape-shifting and amoeba-like.
0: I thought that was the plot to Gremlins 3. Could well be.
1: Okay. So now so we there, know we enough.
2: actually have a, a definition for our new favorite
1: multiple party. definitions. I have my own definition in my head. It's gonna stay right there. It's probably a good thing. There's a lot of things in my head. That's a really good I idea. I was gonna stay say, there. what
2: did you have to take out of your head to 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 fourth grade?
1: It?
0: Not much loss there. (laughs) It's not a bad thing to take out.
2: So,
1: thank you for joining us this week. What Uh, a natural edit. Yes, if you enjoyed the show, or uh, maybe not this one, but maybe previous ones, (laughs) or hope to enjoy future episodes, why not leave a a review on iTunes or Podcaster thing or whatever. Like us on Facebook, send us an email, tweet at us. Email us. Email us. Email us. Yeah. Even though we... we That'd be PayPal. <laughs> we don't have a PayPal account. No, so that no, me. we don't. Yeah, well, we are inefficient whores. Yep. Speak have for shirts. yourself. Shirts in the planning. Okay, yes. so we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a good week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Sorry, first time listener. <laughs> Ah ha ha ha!
0: The joke is dead. Move on. <laughs> oh, I was saying you you would beep out
1: the number. Oh yeah. Because,
2: because
0: that was hilarious. Moa <laughs> moa Donna, why is Gary doing a horse impression?
1: That's the that's the evil laughter. Moa ha ha ha. No, so that's, that's far too evil. I was doing. There's f- no such thing as too evil of an evil life.
2: <laughs> no, hmm. I. I, I uh... Still
1: snarky evil. I was doing snarky evil. <laughs> so,
0: there. <laughs> You'll never get into the evil league of evil. <laughs>
2: But you apparently not. are trying out for the Department of Redundancy Department.
1: It is twelve dwarves, isn't it? From The Hobbit. I believe. so. I can't remember how many dwarves are in The Hobbit. Because there's twelve. It's definitely I've... more than seven.
0: Now resisting the urge to go Google it, <laughs> and I am past it. The first step is to admit you have a problem. Twelve dwarves of Christmas. <laughs>
1: Twelve doors. Dwarves names. Hobbit. Twelve dwarfs. Snow White. <laughs> so
0: that's seven.
1: This is a Google. Google. <laughs> the the that,
0: list of Google's uh, answer, like it auto correct or autofill. Yeah,
1: autofill. Yeah. Snow White and the Twelve dwarves. Geely Meely.
0: Meely. <laughs> He's covered in
1: mealworms. Geely. And Tito. And Tito. Queasy, Gimli, Gwombly. And Regis. Wombly. Wombles. Wombly is one of them? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wiggly, Jiggly, and Giggly. Tolkien was just running out of ideas at that point. <laughs> and Gilly. <laughs>
2: thirteen. There were thirteen of them? Really. Which is why they wanted a fourteenth member of the party. uh Thorn, Ballen, Dwelling, <laughs> Keely, Feely, Bombar, Ori, Dory, Nori, Owen, Glowin, Biffer, and Buffer.
0: And, unironically, tonight is episode 113. Oh. 13 dwarves, 13... Ep- 113 episodes. Thing.
1: 2013. <gasps> There's 13s involved! June 6th. Oh. So, 6 plus was 5 is only 11. But at <laughs> 2 o'clock it was... 11, 12, 13. Yeah, uh, something like that. I don't know. Actually, that would be 14, but whatever. Well, no, I'm, you know, 5
0: plus 6 plus 2 equals 13. Ah. That shows you how silly numerology can be. Yeah. <laughs> you just pick.
1: <laughs> I, I need to make 13, so uh-huh. 2 p.m. And if you have 6 plus 5 and then 2 over here, it forms a triangle, 3 points. Yes, 3 points. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Almost invariably, with a few exceptions, always forms a triangle.
1: I think. Yeah, yeah, you can do that because six and seven are only one apart, so it'll be a very small. I agree. Good. A Triangle has three sides, but it's one
0: thing. <coughs> one, three, thirteen. See? That's
1: right. And it only has one dimension and three sides. Uh, two dimensions. Shit. <laughs> <laughs>